have your Bibles, I'll invite you to turn with me this morning to Luke chapter 1. While you're turning to Luke chapter 1, we'll have intermission so that anybody that just came for the cantata and doesn't want to hear the sermon can get up and leave. Y'all sit down, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Some of y'all are saying, he's preaching too, I thought we're just having the cantata. I knew you were going to think that, even if you wouldn't raise your hand if I asked who all thought that. So I do have a little bit shorter than normal message for you this morning. So if y'all will, I'll make a deal with you. If y'all won't chase any rabbits while you're listening, I won't chase any rabbits while I'm preaching. So go and put up your phone, go and put up the pens and the crayons. If y'all will listen quickly, I will try to talk quickly. But this morning, we are going to continue. I want us to continue in, in the story that we've been seeing in Luke chapter 1, the beauty of Christmas, the truth of the Christmas story. And this morning, we're going to see what's often referred to as Mary's song or the Magnificat. This is Mary's reflection on all the things that she's seen and that she's taken in. This is her response to uh, the joy that she has about what God is doing in her life. So look with me in Luke chapter 1. We'll begin reading in verse 46 this morning. It says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. From behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. As we see this, we see Mary's introduction. We see uh, her giving her response as she begins her response. We see her in this song beginning to tell. She starts by telling us why she's singing, what she's singing about. And I want you to think for just a moment because it's different whenever you hear me reading these words and whenever you look at the phone or the, the uh, Bible in front of you and read these words. I want, you, I want us to remember this morning that this wasn't originally written as words on a poem, on a page for us to just read. This was a young lady who was so excited about what was going on that she burst out in song. Have y'all seen musicals before? Y'all ever seen any musicals? Y'all watched musicals? It's amazing to me. The smallest thing happens, and they just all bust out into song. They all get so excited, they just start singing that the train is here, or that their umbrella is opening, or whatever it is. And that's what we see here, but it's about something real and really exciting. Mary is there, and she hears all of these things, and she thinks about all of these things, and she cannot help but start praising God by singing Him a song. And if we could hear Mary singing these words this morning, and not just Brother Zach reading these words, I think it would have a profound impact on us. So I want you to hear this this morning as Mary singing it and not just words that we're reading. This is something that truly happened and she was so excited. She says here that she intends to magnify the Lord. With this song that she's singing, she wants to magnify the Lord and she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And when she says my soul, it's referring to deep down inside. She's deep down inside of me. I want to And that word for magnify is celebrate. Deep down inside, I want to celebrate. I want to declare the greatness of the Lord. Deep down inside, I can't help but declare how great God is. And then she uses another word for for her deep down inside feelings in verse 47. She says, and my spirit. 
spirit. Again, that's this idea of deep down inside. Something you can't help or you can't get rid of. She says, deep down inside, I rejoice. I delight in. I'm overjoyed in God my Savior. That's how Mary starts this song. She starts out by saying, deep down inside, when I think about everything I've seen and everything that's going on here, I can't help but declare the greatness of God. I can't help but celebrate who He is and what He's doing and what He has done for me, and I'm overjoyed with all of these things. Point one this morning, as Mary thought about what God was doing, she couldn't help but praise Him. As she thought about what God was doing, she didn't need a choir, she didn't need a director, she didn't need a pastor, she didn't need a Sunday school teacher to say, now Mary, at this point you should be excited. She said, when I think about it, I can't help but rejoice. I can't help but celebrate who God is and what He's doing. And so what is it that He's doing? What is it that's making her so excited? Look again in verse 48, it says, For He has looked on the humble estate of His servant, from behold, for behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. I want to highlight two of the things that she just said in those two verses and put them together for you. Mary said, he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, and he has done great things for me. He has looked on the humble estate of a servant. He's done great things for me. For the five of y'all in here that read the bulletin, you noticed this morning as you opened the bulletin that I've titled this sermon, Mary's Song, Our Song. And why would I give it that title? Because I pray this morning that we don't just see in these words excitement that Mary had. Things that Mary wanted to rejoice over. Things that, that she identified with. But I pray that you are able to personally identify with what she says here. As I've been studying this this week, as I've been looking over this this week and even this morning, I read this and every time I read this statement, I can't help but stop thinking about Mary and start thinking about Zach. He has looked on the humble estate of his servant and he has done great things for me. And I pray this morning that as you sit there and you hear this, that you don't think about Mary and you don't think about Zach, but you think about yourself. And I know that this is one of those statements and it's a powerful statement, and it doesn't need a whole lot of, of preaching to go along with it. So some of you this morning have heard me read this statement a few times now. And I'm going to read it one more time because some of you have heard this, and I know because some of us have talked about this, and some of you are excited when you hear me reading this statement that Mary has made. You get excited when I read the scripture, and some of you in here want to say amen. Don't you? Some of you want to be excited, and, but you're worried that everybody else is going to look at you funny. And they probably will. They probably will. But this, just for, we're going to have a moment of no judging. And I'm going to read it one more time. And if you get excited, and if you personally identify with what Mary says here, you just feel free to say amen, or say praise the Lord, or to raise your hand, or do whatever, not whatever, do something that would bring glory to the Lord. It says, He has looked on the humble estate of His servant, and He 
has done great things for me. Amen? That is true, and that is exciting. And brothers and sisters, when you read through this song, and we're not going through the whole thing this morning. Go ahead and sigh relief. We're not going through all of it. But I do want you to realize that there are a few things, several things, that we see about Mary as we read through this song. And one of them is we see her understanding of the Old Testament scriptures. If you read through here and you see the reflection that she has on prophecies that, that have been fulfilled, she understood the scriptures well. We, under, she sees, we see in this that she understands who God is by the way that she refers to him. But one other thing that we see about Mary that I hope and pray that we see about ourselves is that Mary also has an understanding of who she is. And point two this morning is Mary recognizes how unworthy she is of God's blessing. Mary understands that. Mary sees that. And it comes out in her song when she's singing praises to God. In that song, rejoicing and magnifying and celebrating God, she also gives us clear reflections of how she sees herself. And I believe that one of the main differences when we see Mary's song and when we try to identify with this text this morning, one reason that I think that she breaks out in song and is so excited and I have to ask some of you to say amen or, or get excited this morning is because Mary understands who she is and how unworthy she is and some of us have forgotten that. If we're honest this morning, some of us have forgotten that we aren't worthy of the blessings of Christmas. We aren't worthy of Emmanuel, of God leaving heaven and coming to earth to eventually die for us. We aren't worthy of that. We don't deserve that in any way. And Mary sees that and she knows that. Some of you this morning, I think if I ask you, I say, you know, describe yourself. Describe yourself as a Christian. Describe yourself uh, as a church member in, in relation to God. We hear things we would hear. Here, some of you, you would talk about how long, how many years you've taught Sunday school and what a wonderful thing that is. Or, or how many pins, we don't do pins anymore, but how many pins you have for a year of perfect attendance in Sunday school. Or we would hear about how long you've been a deacon or we'd hear about how much money that you've given to the church over the years and how you tithe so regularly. But listen to how Mary describes herself in verse 48. He has looked on the humble... A state of his servant. This is Mary talking about herself. And when she says the humble estate, it means the afflicted estate. The humiliation. Mary realizes that she is very lowly in the presence of God. Compared to him, she is very unworthy. When she says servant, sometimes we think that, that that's this idea of of Alfred with Batman, this number one trusted sidekick, this Mary, she's my servant, and she and I were doing this together. But the word that Mary uses for servant means a female slave or somebody's handmaiden, somebody that just completely gives themselves to you and does whatever you ask of them. They don't think of themselves as, as high or worthy. They're just somebody that's here to do whatever you need them to. And she says, God has looked at a humiliated lowly handmaiden 
and has done these things for me. That's how Mary describes herself. Not as a devout Jew who knows the scriptures, who goes to the synagogue regularly, who contributes and, and takes part in all of the sacrifices. She doesn't mention any of that. She says, I am a humiliated, lowly handmaiden. And he has done great things for me. He who is mighty has done great things for me. She refers again in verse 48. She refers again to her blessedness that all people understand for generations to come. And if you haven't been here the past few weeks, I'm not going to rehash it completely, but we've talked about this idea of not she's blessed, God chose her because she's great and blessed, but that she's blessed because God has chosen her. She says, all generations will understand that I was unworthy, but God has chosen me anyway. Mary explains this in her song of praise to God. She explains how she sees herself. And I pray this morning that we find ourselves more like Mary and less like high church people who see ourselves as worthy of what God has done for us. I pray this morning that we don't think, well, of course God sent His Son for me. Look at all I've done for Him. Look at how long I've been a church member. Look at how much money I've given. Look how good I am for the kingdom. Of course He's done these things for me. Don't I deserve these things, brothers and sisters? I pray that we don't ever start to see ourselves that way. I know that at one point in time that most of us probably identified with what Mary sees herself here as, that that when we were still running around late on the weekends and when, when we were still drinking and when we were still partying and when we were still uh, doing terrible things that we shouldn't have been doing, at that point in time, when we first heard the gospel and we first came to church and we first accepted Christ as our Savior, I think that most all of us identified with Mary at that point in our life. At that point, any time God would do something for us, any time God would answer a prayer, any time we heard the scripture that we've never heard before and said, God did that for me, we were just overwhelmed to think, why would he do that for me? When we were in that place, that's how we were. When we understood how unworthy we were. But for some of us, we've been Sunday school teachers, and we've been deaconing, and that's not a word, but we've been deaconing for so long and we've been singing in the praise team or, or been members of the WMU or the Brotherhood. We've been doing that for so long that we've lost sight of who we truly are. We start to get this mentality when we watch the news of those people and us. And now there are categories. There are lost people and there are saved people. But whenever we're looking at the sin and the afflicted, lowly estate of people and we say them, we need to say us because we are sinners as well. And if it's not for Christmas, if it's not for Emmanuel, if it's not for Christ's sacrifice, if it's not for Easter, if it's not for His resurrection, if it's not for the grace of God, there is no them and there is no us. There's just us and him and we will never be worthy of him so i pray again this morning that we understand how unworthy we are the very last point point three mary recognizes her unworthiness and she recognizes the grace the grace of god through her son i know we usually say his son but for mary she can say her son his son, the son of God. She recognizes that she's not worthy 
of being saved. She's not worthy of being chosen. She's not worthy of being blessed. But she also recognizes God's grace. And I pray that we recognize that this morning as well. I don't want to beat you down too much. I don't want you to feel like Brother Zach's just, man, Brother Zach, we got through with the cantata and I was happy because they did such a good job. And then he just came up there and just hammered me about how terrible a person I am for so long. Brothers and sisters, we're not good people. But God is a loving God. And God is a gracious God. And the difference between who we used to be and who we are today is Him. Nothing but Him. His grace through our faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why this is such a big deal. That's why we get so excited about this truth. I love that in verse 47 that Mary in this song says, My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Even Mary recognized that this son in her womb had been sent to save her. And brothers and sisters, that's something for us to celebrate. That although we didn't deserve it, that he came anyways. And even though without him, we would still be out there. We'd still be running around. If it weren't for Christ, if it weren't for his salvation, if it weren't for his sanctification, we wouldn't be in here this morning. Let's just be honest about it. We'd be out doing whatever we want. We wouldn't have been giving money when those plates come by. We'd have said, why in the world am I going to give money to this church when I could keep it for myself? All of these things have come through the grace of God, through Jesus Christ. But don't forget this, they have come. Right? They only came by His grace, but they have come. And so we celebrate that this morning. We get excited about that this morning. We thank Him for that this morning. In light of what the choir sang so well, and in light of what Mary here is singing so well, I'm not going through all this text this morning, you can tune in at a different time to hear the rest of it. But in light of all this, I just want you to reflect on one question. You answer this question, and I pray that the scripture leads you to the correct answer. Do you see yourself this morning as a humble, lowly, humiliated slave of God who didn't deserve his son, who didn't deserve his grace, but who's been given it anyways? Or do you see yourself as a good, long, lifelong standing church member who deserved what you've been given through Jesus Christ? Do you see yourself as some kind of deacon or Sunday school or, or pastor leader who has earned what has been given to you, a privileged good citizen who isn't like the rest of those heathens? I pray this morning that if you recognize that if you're not like sinners, that you also recognize that it's only because of the grace of Jesus Christ that you're not a sinner, that you're not guilty of your sins anymore. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, and he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. The last thing that I'll remind you about because, of course, I've led you this way, right? I've led you as I asked that question. I pray that the scriptures have led you to say, no, I don't see myself as deserving. I don't see myself as, as one who has earned all these things. The scripture has reminded me, Mary's song has reminded me, Brother Zach, that I only have this through God's grace, that I haven't earned it, and that I'm humbled this morning, that I'm humbled. 
And if you answered that way, then that's great. But you know what Mary did when she realized that? She got so excited that she started to sing. Didn't she? When she realized how little she deserved it, she got so excited that she started to sing. In just a moment, we're going to do that as well. We're going to have a time of response. And maybe for you this morning, your response will just be this, to just sing. You're so excited and you're so thankful that you just want to sing a hymn of praise to God. In just a moment, we're going to do that. But I also know that there may be some of you here this morning that need to respond in a different way. You need to come to these altars. You need to come to me. You need to bow your heads where you are. And you need to ask God's forgiveness for how you've seen yourself. You need to ask forgiveness for thinking that you were on the same level as him and that he owed you something. And that would be a very fitting way to respond to this text. Well, some of you are here and it still doesn't make sense. You've heard the songs, you've seen the nativity, you've heard Mary's song and it still doesn't make sense why we are so dedicated to this Christ. And that's because this morning I would say you're lost. You don't know Jesus Christ. You, out, you haven't experienced his grace. And if that's you this morning, I just pray that you would come to me and ask some questions. Ask me, Brother Zach, why do y'all do this? Why is this? And let me show you. Let me show you in the scriptures. We'll set up a time when you and I can sit down and I can show you, let the scriptures show you why this is something to celebrate. If you need to do that, and I pray in a moment when we have a time of response that you would come and talk to me about that as well. But I'm going to invite you to stand this morning. And if you're excited and you just want to sing, then you just sing. Brother Shane's going to come and he's going to lead us. And we don't have a dreary hymn of invitation today. We, we are going to be excited. And we're going to sing with joy and smiles on our faces. If you want to pray at these altars or where you are, if you want me to pray with you, then you do that as well. But you respond to the Lord and to this text however he leads you to as Brother Shane leads us.